Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. If you haven't heard, Center Ice Brewery beer is now exclusively available at beer stores around town. So make sure you pick some up on your next milk and eggs run. That's Center Ice Brewery. Please drink responsibly. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast. And you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. He's not going to play for us. There's just something about that last name is not going to make the NHL. It seems like a name that is not conducive to play in the NHL. Um, <laughs> that would be the most shallow analysis ever. Talking about Tarasenko real quick. There's been talk about a giant chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I think that chip has gotten bigger now. Can his shoulder handle it, though? I guess that's really the question. To finally see that happen was, uh, I mean, that was one of the fantastic moments of, of my life when, when that final buzzer went in Boston and when I get to get down to the ice and I was able to hoist the Stanley Cup uh, when I was standing on the ice. That was a, a very, very special moment. You know, he would say to me after we'd have a, a beer, he'd say, well, Joe, he said, you really embarrassed yourself tonight. <laughs> that was Dan, and I said, uh, okay. We'll see what uh, what memories uh, Phil Grubauer has from round four. <laughs> Man, I want to punch that guy in the face. Hey, Blues fans. I'd like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan, and here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 40 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the often imitated, I'm sorry, this is the fully vaccinated, often imitated, but never duplicated. When someone asks us if we're gods, we say yes. The original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIDLife.com, the home of getting yourself where you want to be physically, and by CenterIceBrewery.com, St. Louis's wonderfully crafted hockey-themed beer found at local grocery stores and liquor stores in the St. Louis area. Uh, we are broadcasting live on Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. This is franchise episode number 358 all time. I am Jeff Ponder, and I am joined by a very special guest uh, who I'll get to in one moment. Kurt Price and Bill Day are on assignment. We'll be discussing hockey, hockey, and maybe some more hockey on this week's episode. Don't forget to find us on every social media platform and in the front row of every New Kids on the Block concert. This is uh, where I insert applause in the podcast, so you'll be hearing that and laughter. <laughs> that guy's so funny. Uh, we are a dual live streaming on Facebook and YouTube, so hello to our live audience, and thanks for joining us. Uh, my special guest today is a diehard Blues fan, and you know what? You told me what you wanted me to say in the open, and of course, I did not put it anywhere. <laughs> so let me get to that real quick. Let me just vamp here. Uh, her name is Vanessa Graff. Vanessa, I am pulling up your bio as we speak. A sports nerd who loves hockey and wants the game open to everyone regardless of age, ethnicity, gender, and sex identities. 
Her name is Vanessa Graff. You can find her on Twitter at V-R-A-I-N-9-1. Uh, favorite player, Vladimir Tarasenko, if you couldn't tell from that number at the end. Uh, Vanessa, thank you very much for joining the show today. It's not a problem. You like how I did that on the fly? I was like, oh, I got to pull up Twitter oh, yeah. and get get to our conversation. <laughs> I'm yeah, a crafty veteran, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. Got to roll with that. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so Vanessa, you uh, basically how you came to be with, with being a special guest on our show um, I had put out, uh, well, I think it was during, during or after or something that, you know, we'd love to have somebody from the, the LBGT community, uh, Q to meet community to come on the show and talk some hockey with us. You responded and we're all about coming on. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So <laughs> here you are. And, uh, we're very happy to have you on the show. Yeah. I'm happy to be a part of it. Awesome. Um, so I, we want to get a little bit into uh, your background, who you are. Man, we've got a lot of uh, messages here already in the uh, live chat over <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, Ken Morris, good evening to the engaging, enlightening, and entertaining trio of Let's Go Blues gents. Uh, unfortunately, I am the lone member of that trio tonight. But as I said, we've got a very special guest joining us as Bill and Kurt had life kind of get in the way tonight. Uh, Ken adds, I've got a... Hot cup of Java, lights dimmed, my silk pajamas on, and wearing my rabbit-eared <laughs> slippers and ready for some blues midnight fun. All right, Ken. Maybe a little uh, little TMI, but uh, that's good to know. Uh, and a lot of comments already on how the series is going, so we will uh, we will get to you guys in a little bit. Uh, remember to, uh, to go ahead and join in that chat if you're listening right now on YouTube or Facebook. I do have both open. But, Vanessa... Um, St. Yep. Louisan, I, I, I've already, I've already asked you these questions, but I'm going to ask you again. You're a St. Louisan. Okay. Where are you at in the area? Uh, so I actually live on the east side of the river, uh, basically around the Collinsville and Edwardsville area. I'm originally from North County, so I, I represent that Florissant and Bell Fountain neighbors area a little bit. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, blues fan i'm guessing your whole life how did you come to get into being a hockey fan so it's actually thanks to uh, my mom and dad they wanted me to try every sport there was and i went from soccer baseball and i actually ended up in figure skating before i found hockey Hmm. which is actually kind of funny so i did a year of figure skating and then when i turned four my mom's like hey we're gonna go take you to hockey and I immediately fell in love. That's kind of how every story goes, right? I mean, it was the same yeah. with me. My my dad, uh, you know, I've had I had uh, uh, two sisters and a brother before me, and we were all into sports, you know, baseball and hockey. And my dad always had a special place in his heart for hockey, but none of the kids before me could really got into it in terms of playing. I played baseball and I hated it. I was so bored. I would play right field and I would just lose track of where the ball's at. And I would just stand there in the first base would have to run out and catch it because, you know, I wouldn't be paying attention. And my dad was just like, man, I got to get him playing some sport. I got on skates and I fell in love and was like, all right, I'm playing hockey dad. And he, that day went out and bought me all the gear I needed, signed me up for training. <laughs> and it was just as much of a great moment for me as it was for him. So you hear stories like that. I think with, all kinds of hockey people, you know, the NHL players are always thanking their parents for everything they did for them. 
I'm sure it's the same for you. Getting you into hockey, falling in love with the sport. Thanks, mom and dad. I think that's a, a long told story by hockey fans. For sure. And even one of my games in the youth leagues, I ended up playing against a St. Louis Blues player's son. And then at the end of the game, when we won, I got Pierre Turgeon's autograph. So nice. <laughs> That's very cool, man. I, I yeah. we praise Pierre Turgeon in this show. One of the most underrated players in NHL history. So that's a, it's a nice little tie. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> yep. Uh, so in the chat, we've got, uh, I'm going to guess, I, I want to call her Aaron Sandman. Cause that sounds way more awesome, but I'm going to guess it's Sandman. <laughs> Uh, she says, love Vanessa, even though I'm a Hawks fan. Uh, yeah, I think I saw her comment on Twitter earlier. I'm guessing a friend of yours. Yep. Yeah, she's one of the few, like, three or four friends I have that are Hawk fans that I constantly poke at during the season. Gross. <laughs> oh, why would you want to be friends with Hawks fans? <laughs> no, well, that's it's not we... because of hockey. <laughs> <laughs> No, we uh we welcome all hockey fans. We get uh we've got an Oilers guy that tunes in a lot. We get Sharks fans on this show. A Bruins guy listens every week. So we we oh do boy. appreciate fans. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like Bruins, really? Like you're supposed right. to hate us. <laughs> um, but no, we welcome all hockey fans on this show. And um, you know, Aaron, hopefully we will hook you in for a couple episodes that Vanessa's not on. But uh, no, we're. We're happy to have her here, too, and, and glad you're tuning in to hear Vanessa talk some hockey. Uh, Austin Lynch, I'm going to speak to you directly. Uh, he's in our YouTube chat, as I see. He says, uh, Kurt, reason Kurt's not on the show tonight is uh, his daughter has a softball game, and uh, I think he's a coach. So Austin <laughs> says, I hope Kurt's daughter's <laughs> softball team loses. Uh, I, I'm not going to share that sentiment, Austin. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to speak to you directly and ask you to, Help me keep an eye on the YouTube chat with me being the lone member of uh, the usual panel. It'll be help. It'll be nice to have another moderator in there. So make sure you're keeping an eye out for any kind of spam that might pop in there. Um, so Vanessa, um, again, we we talked about how you're in the Collinsville area, and uh, you mentioned playing <laughs> hockey. Uh, how long did you play, and who have you played for? So I played for roughly eight years uh, during my time as a kid. I've played for the North uh, North County Valley North Stars, if I'm remembering that name correctly, and then also uh, Twin Bridges Lightning when the Granite City team and the North County team merged. Hmm. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we. Uh, so, so what's your favorite rink that you remember playing at in the area? Uh, favorite know, rink call. would have to be that had to be um, the Afton rink where I won a championship as a little kid. Oh, nice. And I actually scored the game winning goal as well for the championship oh. game. <laughs> were you a goal scorer? What uh, what were you? Uh, I'd say I was more of a middle six kind of player. So I would help with the penalty kill and the power plays mm-hmm. and that. But no, the. It's funny that I remember this so well, but the actual game, we were the only North County team that was in this tournament of like three or four Afton teams and then Merrimack and all the other youth leagues. Hmm. So it's the third period, score is 0-0. We're on the penalty kill, and I'm covering the point as best I can. And this guy's like at least two, three inches higher than me. 
So he's easily skating past me like crazy. But I just get this one this one lucky poke happens in the corner, and my teammate just says, like, he yells, rush it, and he sends it out. So I just immediately bolt to try and catch it. Goalie starts coming out towards me. So as soon as it crosses that far blue line, I just went for a straight dive, and I poked it right underneath the goalie as he fell on top of me. Whoa. And it sailed straight in. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. So, yeah. <laughs> not not a goal you see often, it sounds like. No. I didn't even <laughs> think I'd get it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Austin yeah. Lynch in the chat says, yeah, Afton, baby. Uh, he's an Afton kid. So uh, Austin is uh, graduating very soon, I believe, uh, from Afton High School. Okay. So congrats to him. Uh, don't uh, don't drink anything, son. You're too young, uh, says the <laughs> guy that has Canada. a beer. Sp- <laughs> that's true, says the guy that has a beer sponsor on his show. Um, but uh, so I wanted to talk to you, Vanessa. Again, I, I mentioned how it kind of came to be that you were going to jump on the show. Um, so, you know, this whole kind of thing started, you know, obviously there's been some, some slurs, some issues around the league and, you know, a lot of people saying it's just a white boy sport. We've been having issues with that. You know, here you Mm -hmm. are obviously a big member of the hockey community in St. Louis, big blues fan. You've played a lot in your life. Uh, what's, uh, what's the challenge has been like for you, uh, you know, kind of being involved in the sport or, you know, is it, is it all kind of blown out of proportion or, you know, everything you're reading about online, is it all justified? And you're like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, no, unfortunately it is justified. Um, even in the gaming world, I face a lot of the stuff that people also face trying to be either a person of color or even a woman playing hockey you will just constantly get berated and told you are less. It's just a constant thing that a lot of people and organizations are trying to change, especially you can play. So, yeah. Have you, um, so, I mean, in terms of just the, the personal sting you felt, do you have people that on your teams that have, or at least maybe even in the St. Louis blues fan base who've come to your side and helped you out when those situations occur? Oh, for sure. There is definitely a lot of people, even in the Blues fan base and even online, that I've been able to let them know, like, hey, these are the things that I'm dealing with. I don't want them to interfere with how I play or with how I interact with the team. Can you back me up on this? And I've always gotten, for the most part, support. There's a couple of times where I've run into people that are just completely adamant that, I'm disgusting or whatever they want to call it, but I just try and persevere. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can do. Um, Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. I'm reading in the uh, YouTube chat here. Aaron Sandman says it's very bad in the gaming world. So I'm guessing it's something, I mean, you know, we talk about keyboard warriors, people who jump on Twitter, Mm -hmm. you know, you get kind of the same thing, right. In the gaming world where, you know, everybody's got a microphone, but you can't see their faces. Uh, I'm sure that's something you deal with almost on a daily basis as a big gamer, right? Yeah. Uh, that and then even moderators don't even enforce their code of conducts for their website. And it's like, you, you, you put this out for a reason. You have sponsors and you're not even enforcing it. Like, come on. Right. Um, so I, I know this is a very broad question, but uh, just okay. kind of talk to... What 
what is what can be done differently? You know, like in terms of of inclusion, getting people involved in the game. What can can you know me as a as a uh, white married male in his thirties? What can I do mm-hmm. to to try and help and change the stigma that that's come with this? Uh, first and foremost is keep an open mind. People are not what most of the times what people make like make people out to be, it's not really the case. You just need to have an open mind and really just try and see what they're going through. Kind of like that whole stepping in their shoes thing. Mm-hmm. But they want to enjoy a sport or they want to enjoy a game of a sport. And it should be that you actually give them the chance to enjoy it. And you'll find that they're a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I, I, I've got a friend that I grew up with that was gay and I mean, I've, I haven't seen him in years, but you know, I, people, you know, in St. Charles, I hate to, to call out an entire area, but you know, it was something that was kind of frowned upon in St. Charles. And for me, it was like, he's a cool dude, you know, like what, what's the issue here? Like, I don't care that he likes yeah. guys. Like, I don't care. It's fine. And other people have problems with it. I never understood that as a kid. And I'm glad I think it's, you know, part of it obviously goes into the way you're raised. Um, my parents taught me to have an open mind and hopefully Mm -hmm. people my age who are having kids are doing the same thing. But unfortunately that's just not been the case. And, um, you know, for you, I don't, I don't know what your situation was when you were playing, but did you deal with that kind of stuff a lot when you were on the rink? Um, when I was on the rink, I didn't really hear a lot of it from the kids. If I did, I didn't even recognize what they were saying. Um, I actually had a teammate who, when we got to high school together, I actually found out that they were gay. And I then later found out after talking with them and catching up again, because I hadn't been to school with them. Like, the first time was in high school because they lived on one side of the city. I lived on another that had two separate high schools or two separate middle schools and stuff. Right. But I found out from them that they were constantly getting bullied and teased in the locker rooms. And their dad was one of the coachings, like, one of the coaches for the for the team itself. So it's like, that's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. I I mean, I I can't you know, I I'm an advocate myself. Um, You know, I I took (laughs) I took my son to um, the gay pride parade a couple of years ago, and that was a blast. Mm -hmm. We had a great time. And, (laughs) um, you know, he danced around with the music and, you know, just going nuts. But, yeah, I mean, I I see people that are just so close minded. And, you know, um, you know, I brought up on the show. Uh, you know, kind of similar uh, situation. Uh, I play with a, a Chinese fella. He's a great hockey player. Um, mm-hmm. And in the, in, you know, he beat this team pretty much single-handedly in one game. He scored five goals and we won like six to two. And we're in the line, in the handshake line. And somebody used a slur, a Chinese slur on him. And <laughs> it drove the rest of my team nuts. We all wanted to go after the guy. The referees had to hold us back. And I just think, like, 
I just don't understand how, you know, in the, I get in the heat of the moment, you might say something stupid. You know, we've all been in a situation like that. Right. But in a handshake line, the game's over, you know, everybody's leaving the rink and go have some beer, you know, whatever. And it's still angering you. Like that says a lot about you as a person. And it just, I don't know. It just blows my mind that we're still dealing with this in 2022. Yeah, and to disrespect the handshake line, like I know that that is the most polite thing in hockey, and I love it because you're literally mutually agreeing that you respect each other as athletes. That's right. And then to just completely drop that and still be a dick. Come on, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> right. Um, well. I appreciate you opening up about this. I know it may not be the easiest thing to talk about, but, um, you know, we love having you. I, it's in the, the short conversations we've had on um, yeah. social media, you've been awesome. You clearly know the sport. So, you know, otherwise I don't think you'd agree <laughs> to come on this show anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't give a shit what you do in your personal life or, or you know, and it's like, I wish more people shared that, but thank you very much for coming on and thank you for talking about it, bringing light to what maybe a lot of us maybe don't pay attention to and don't see in our everyday lives. Um, I appreciate it. I know Kurt and Bill appreciate you coming on and talking about it too. So thank you, Vanessa. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, we can get in and have some fun here for the rest of the show. Yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. Uh, so official beers of, uh, episode number 358, uh, Vanessa is, uh, not partaking in this because, you know, she's a smart person and doesn't want to kill her brain cells. Uh, <laughs> I do. So, uh, I'm actually drinking from Four Hands Brewery. I'm drinking a seltzer tonight. Uh, it's the sparkler hard seltzer, uh, bomb pop inspired. So if you haven't had this, it's hit the shelves again this summer. Oh boy. Of course I screwed up the, uh. The focusing on my camera. There we go. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's hit shelves again, folks. It's a great beer, so uh, check that out. Uh, let's see. We've got um, we got Aaron Sandman again in the chat. Can't understand how people can hate like that at all. I agree. Uh, let's see. Uh, Austin Lynch. Hey, Jeff and Vanessa. Will you both be in Discord after the show? I have some questions, but I don't know how to type them in the right way. Uh, Vanessa, you're more than welcome to jump in our discord channel after the show. I know it'll be late, so we could always schedule something later. If, uh, people want to jump in and talk to you, it's up to you. If you'd be up for it tonight. Yeah, I'd be up for it. And people can also find me on the, uh, our St. Louis blues discord as well. The, the disc or the Reddit that's specifically for the blues. I'm actually one of the sponsors for the discord. So, Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. People are more than welcome to join there and even hit me up as well. Awesome. Uh, the Meeker in our uh, YouTube chat says, Aaron, unfortunately, fear and ignorance control the weak-minded. And yes, I think we can all agree with that. Uh, so moving on to today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History account in on May 24th, uh, 2022 is today. We have two that we're going to discuss, and uh, both are, well, one's before my time, and the other one is when I was one year old. Vanessa, I don't know about you, so uh, (laughs) can't really speak too much to the actual history of this. I know Ken Morris, you're in the chat. I'm sure you can. May 24th, 1973, the St. Louis Blues signed Bob Gassoff 
their 1973 third round draft pick. Bob Plager crawled under the table and put ketchup in Gasoff's shoes at the press conference. And uh, in this uh, tweet from STL Blues history, yeah, no, I read that. I'm like, I, I'm going to read that again and make sure I read that right. Uh, oh, that's but, an interesting uh, hazing. I, that's yeah, he's getting hazed as a draft pick. I mean, literally first part of the organization he's ever been a part of. And Bob Plager is crawling under the table and putting ketchup in his shoes. So there's a uh, story attached to this from the. I'm guessing that's from the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Uh, that mm-hmm. STL Blues history included in this tweet. So yes, hazing was a thing very big in the 70s. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ken Morris adds, uh, hi from Nova Scotia to Vanessa. Yeah, Ken is our our resident Nova Scotian who tunes into uh, all of our live shows, which is amazing because it's super late and he's really old over in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So, <laughs> Oh, at least he isn't a newfie. That's true. That's true. I think he actually has bitched about the Newfies before. So he'll agree with you on that. <laughs> I deal uh, with make... so many Canadian gamers, so I'm used to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I know you're a big uh, NHL 22 player as well. So you mm-hmm. uh, you play a lot of that online as well? Yeah, I've, I've played with French Canadians, Western Canadians, uh, Ontario Canadians, Newfies. Oh, yeah. I've played with a lot of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite mode? Uh, my favorite mode is probably the ECHL where I can play 6v6. So it's six different players take their different positions. In real life, I was a skater. In EASHL, I'm actually a goalie. Whoa, are you a good goalie? Yeah. Man, it is rare you come across good goalies in that game. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Oh man, some of the goal when the guys it's so funny when I see guys select goalie, I'm like, I'll say into the microphone, I'm like, you better be good. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh so May twenty fourth, nineteen eighty six, Sid Solomon the second, the original owner of the St. Louis Blues, passed away at the age of seventy six. Here's a, this is directly from STL Blues History. He adds a little commentary. Sid II was not perfect, but does not get enough credit for what he did in bringing NHL hockey to St. Louis and help grow the game of hockey here. Yeah, I mean, he's literally the original owner of the franchise. You know, I know people who lived through that era had some issues with him. But for me, again, when he passed, I, was a, I wasn't even, I mean, I was a year old, a year and a month old at mm-hmm. this point. Uh I only have great things to say about him because, again, he brought the Blues to St. Louis, so he's good in my book. Uh, so we've uh, we've got plenty to talk about here, folks. Um, we are going to uh, get into it here, but we are going to first take a quick break and, and hear from our friends over at uh, – uh, I'm sorry, not Center Ice Brewery, but uh, rockinthatidlife.com. And on the other side of this break, we'll be talking about media darling Nazem Kadri. You don't live your life like the guy you see at the gym powerlifting seven days a week. You also don't live it like the cycling class instructor or the vegan who gets her steps every day. So why go to the vitamin store and try the same stuff they're using and hope it meets your needs? Newsflash, it doesn't. 
RockinThatIDLife.com is here to help you better understand how you respond to food and exercise. Their supplements are developed to make sure you're using quality products you can trust to achieve the results that are meaningful to you. Is your goal to improve overall energy, achieve deeper sleep, lose or gain weight? The answer to all of those options? Rockin' That ID Life can help. Our friend Dustin at RockinThatIDLife.com is here to help you do life better and achieve your goals, not someone else's. Get started today by visiting RockinThatIDLife.com or emailing Dustin at RockinThatIDLife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive 10% off your order. That's RockinThatIDLife.com and start your betterment journey today. And uh, I'm going to jump right on back to the YouTube chat. Uh, we've got Ken Morris commenting on Bob Gassoff. Tra- tragically lost us via a motorcycle accident. I believe the bike was Gary Unger's. I believe you are correct. Uh, he also has Nova Scotians are like New Englanders. Pretty close ties, too. Uh, and uh, Crappy Goalie, uh, one of our favorite uh, people to tune into the show and a friend of mine, unfortunately. Crappy Goalie says, so... Vanessa, speaking to you, you're not a crappy goalie. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever played goalie in that. real life? Uh, I've thought about it, but I I still just love being able to skate around and not really stand still for a portion of the game. <laughs> yeah, I've played goalie maybe a handful of times, and I, I can't stand it. I hate it. Well, because I'm bad, too. You know, I'll make one save out of five shots, but... I mean, I'll celebrate mm-hmm. like an idiot when I make that one save, but I'm not any good at it. So I'm all about, yeah, just let me go out and skate and actually play the game. Actually, I have a funny story. Uh, when I was in high school, one of the years for uh, PE, we were doing floor hockey. Mm-hmm. And uh, the teacher actually knew that I played hockey as a kid because I always talk about them. I was so excited to play it. And they're like, all right, you're going in goal. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, what? <laughs> Why? So for the entire, for the, I don't know. I guess they wanted <laughs> to try and make it fair to everyone else. So for the entire time that we did floor hockey and PE, they put me in goal. And I'm just like, this sucks. <laughs> Were you any good? <laughs> yeah, I was okay. Yeah. Yeah, Still I wanted a, to actually shoot the puck, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar situation. They uh they put me in goal in intramural hockey in middle school, I remember. And uh cuz they said they were like you're the only guy that actually plays hockey. So we figure you probably know how to, you know, read the puck off the stick a little better. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, we I think I allowed one goal in like four games and we ended up mm-hmm. winning like the little makeshift tournament we had and they were like, uh, they were like, man, you know, you, you, cause we only won every game, like one, nothing or two, one, They're like, man, you guys are a really good defensive team. And I'm like, yeah, uh, in a 15 minute game, I made 35 saves. I don't, I wouldn't say we're a defensive team. We're a goalie team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Aaron, uh, Sandman adds, uh, I'm, ta- I'm assuming talking about your NHL 22 career. She's a great goalie Probably. and a pretty good left wing too. If our team would have ever let her play left wing, not bitter about that still at all. I'm guessing there's a story there. Oh, okay. So that was actually for a paid tournament event that I believe the Columbus Blue Jackets were hosting with hmm. the site that was running the event. And basically we, 
created an all team, all girls team. So mm-hmm. anyone who was a girl at birth or identified as a female, you were a part of the team if you wanted it and tried our best, but just not a lot of chemistry between the defense and the forwards. And they saw me more as a goalie and yeah, they just used me more in net. And I really could have, I know that I could have helped a little bit in some of the games at forward, but it's whatever. How'd you guys do in the tournament? I didn't win a single game because yeah, chemistry was not that good between the two. There was no transition at all. Probably could have used you at forward then. Yeah. (laughs) Shake it up at some point, right? Right. (laughs) Wow. So uh, talk, talking about no chemistry, that's a great segue into talking about the Blues and Avalanche. Uh, we'll quickly go over Game 3 and go over into Game 4 a little bit more in detail. But Game 3, Avs win this one 5-2. They take a 2-1 series lead on the Blues. Remember, this comes after the Blues had split. Uh, game. Mm-hmm. Oh, they took Game 2, but they uh, split in Colorado. So at this point, you're looking at two home games in St. Louis. Got to look pretty good. Well, in this one, uh, Jordan Biddington and Darcy Kemper, who both started games one and two, are both in the net. Uh, Biddington had only allowed four goals on 85 shots in the first two games of the series. Um, But uh, unfortunately, as good as he's played, and this is going to be the topic of conversation here, I think, for a little bit. But Mm -hmm. we'll uh, we'll have to move on and and talk about other things because. There's a lot that goes into what's a, what we're about to talk about here. Bennington was knocked out of the game at 6.45 of the first period after he was knocked over by teammate Callie Rosen and Nazem Kadri. Uh, both were skating for a loose puck. Uh, Blues were leading one nothing at the time of the play off a of Colton Pareko goal. Kadri, after the game, said, quote, I just see a loose puck. Really, I mean, I was kind of just sitting behind him and just tried to poke it with my stick, and I think their defenseman kind of collided with me and pushed me into him. So, you know... Had that not been the case, I don't think I would have hit him at all. It's a loose puck. I'm just trying to bang it in. Uh, a lot of Blues comments on this one, uh, which we can read if we want. But the one I want to definitely mention is Barubi. Coach uh, Chief Barubi says, look at Kadri's reputation. That's all I've got to say. And it was later announced that uh, Jordan Biddington would be out for the series, possibly available if the Blues move on to the third round. But uh, definitely out for the second round. Uh, we'll get into everything else that went into uh, this whole Kadri versus, well, St. Louis debacle. Uh, but in terms of this play, uh, how did you see this play, Vanessa? So <clears throat> I initially was actually in the bathroom during this play when it happened. So it's your so fault. I, I unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it live, but I did watch quite a few of the replays because I wanted to know exactly what happened, especially after I heard uh, Kadri's response to it. And I want to specifically point out the fact that he even mentions that he was trying to poke poke at the st- poke at it with a stick, and he thought the defenseman and him kind of collided, and the defenseman pushed into him. When you look at the camera angle from behind the goalie net, you can easily tell that he was clearly beat. So it wasn't a race. It wasn't a battle. Mm-hmm. He knowingly went in there to either try and knock Callie Rosen towards Benny 
and there was no momentum from Callie Rosen because he was attempting to turn after right. he got initial control of the puck. Like, he was trying to turn. There is no way that he could have had any kind of momentum to push backwards or else he would fall flat on his ass. Right. So I I really don't trust what Kadri is trying to spout. <laughs> I, I agree, 100%. Now, is it still an accidental contact? Yes. I still don't think that he was really that honest, and it kind of sucks because he should have been. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I looked I, at that. I, I especially agree with what Shen said as well. Right. So... Yeah, Shen's, Shen, I'll read his comment. No, you know what you're doing, yeah. Um, and then uh, that's what he said about the play itself, talking about Kadri. And then he also added, mm-hmm. I think just from his comments, he said he got pushed and he's behind our guy. So I don't know how that makes sense. But we'll move on and worry about winning a hockey game, which didn't happen. But we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I know Kirk Price uh, on this show is – Upset he can't be here to talk about this play because he basically echoed exi- exactly what you said to me. And uh, we, we had a little Discord chat last night, and he said a lot of the same things. Basically, um, yes, him and Rosen collide. And if you look, Kadri is kind of skating more to the other side and of uh, but Bennington, and then his collision with Rosen does kind of change his trajectory a bit. But at the same time, you know, it looks like Rosen, you can see him kind of kick up some snow to try and stop. There was no attempt mm-hmm. from Kadri to try and stop no. himself from crashing into the goal. And and I'll add, like, if this play is Gabriel Landis-Cog, uh, Nathan McKinnon, yes, I'm still like, dude, you got to hold up. You got to at least try and avoid the goalie. I'm still saying right. that, but at least I'm saying, okay, like, he's crashing that, he's going in, he's trying to get to the loose puck. I get it. It 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 truly is, and I know Avs fans, a lot of them were arguing this. It is a reputation thing. For one, Nazim Kadri has already been suspended for goalie interference before because he crashed into, I don't remember who it was, but he crashed into somebody. And obviously he's got quite the rap sheet uh, in terms of suspensions in the NHL. Um, I... I, I do not believe a word he says that, you know, basically he was pushed into him because, again, like you said, you watched the replay. No, you weren't. Maybe you were on a path to to, to get to, to touch the goalie and to get in on him. And and because you were collided with the guy, it was hard to stop. Okay, I, I could believe that. But to say that you were pushed into him, that's a flat-out lie. That That's impossible from the way those two players collided. Yeah, <clears throat> I just yeah I'm I uh, I'm not happy with this play. I mean, obviously Jordan Biddington was the top goalie in the NHL uh, of the goalies left. Um, yep. You know, and, and and you know we all know that Biddington can get, you know, he gets into the physical stuff, and you know players are going to try and get under his skin. So there's a little bit of that in there too. But yeah, this is just a play where I look at it and I say, you made no attempt. To try and, and again, I don't I don't even know what I want. You know, I don't even know if I want wanted a I don't think I want a suspension from this. Maybe I just want him to admit, yeah, the puck was loose in the crease. So I thought crash into the goalie and try and get the puck. You know, I would accept that way more than trying to say that he 
was pushed into him and he collided with the defenseman. Right. Dude, you made no attempt to avoid the goaltender. Yeah. And like, that's what irks me with that entire play, especially afterwards. Like, why are you trying to defend something you knew fully well that you were probably doing? Right. Like, come on. Well, and, and the thing that, that gets me, we, we talk on this show about the, the Eric Carlson hand pass from 2019 when oh, afterwards, God. you know, he, he said, well, you know, they asked him like, did you give him a hand pass? I think it was the Timo Meyer. And he said, we're not trying to play handball out here. Dude, you got away with it. Just admit, right. We got away with one there, you know, like just say it, just admit it. They're not going to be like, Oh, did you hear what Carlson said? Everybody back on the ice. He admitted he hand passed it. Like, just admit it, you know, and it's the yeah. same thing here. You know, I'm not saying he's to say, yeah, I went in to try and hurt Bennington, but just admit like, hey, I'm going for a loose puck. And, you know, sometimes you crash into the goalie. It happens. Just admit it. Don't tell don't tell me some bullshit lie that you were pushed in when clearly video evidence shows that you weren't. Yeah. Uh, crappy goalie in the YouTube chat. I believe he made a split second decision when he realized this collision could give him plausible deniability. Uh, it's a very good point. Ken Morris says Kadri has a playoff history of this crap. He was suspended in the last three playoffs. Yep. hundred percent. Uh, and, uh, Aaron Sandman says, and, and remember this is a Blackhawks fan talking. He figured it's Blackhawks. Uh, refs don't call shit. In playoffs, so go in hard and dare them to make a call. That's a great point. Uh, Ken Morris adds also, Bennington is a fierce playoff competitor, thus has an edge on Huso. Uh, Aaron also adds, if you're going to be the villain, then be the villain and own up to it and play the heel. And that, I think, is what bothers me the most about Nazem Kadri, is you are the villain. Live the role, baby. Jordan Bennington, that's what he does, and I love it. I love mm-hmm. his swagger, and I love that he embraces the villain role. Do the same thing, Kadri. Don't don't play victim here. Admit, yeah, I did it. You know, and come at me, come at me, Blues. Let me see what you got. You know, live up to the role. Just do it, and and at least I would respect you for that. Yep. Well. Uh, we'll move on, and again, we got some more to talk about here with uh, the whole Kadri situation uh, after we talk mm-hmm. about the rest of this game. Avalanche defenseman uh, Sam Girard uh, sustained a broken sternum in this game and is out for the remainder of the playoffs after being checked behind his net by Ivan Barbashev, just 142 into the first period. Uh, Vanessa, I think you'll agree. Um, you love to see the hitting, especially out of a guy like Ivan Barbashev, but not oh, yeah. the result you want to see. That's uh, when I heard broken sternum, I instantly cringed and I still cringe just saying it again. It's it's it, that's a tough injury to sustain and you don't want yeah. that to happen to everybody out there. Yeah, when I heard that it was a broken sternum, I'm like, OK, yeah, I thought maybe he hurt his shoulder or he bruised up his arm or something. Initially, so. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe uh, maybe hip, you know, uh, just you know, then the way he went off, I thought maybe he's, you know, hopefully he's just winded. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. then when the, when that news came out, I'm like, ooh, and and I'll say again, talking with Kurt Price last night, um, he said he actually 
compared this to the Nick Letty hit in the first round from, um, oh, the rookie, uh, Minnesota. Drawn a blank on his name. But um, the kid that hit Letty in game one that knocked him out for a couple games, he said Mm -hmm. that uh, he didn't like this hit. I actually, and I'll say too on that hit in the first round, I'm okay with it. I was hoping for a penalty on that one in the first round. This one, I think, was just mm-hmm. an unfortunate play. I just think it it caught Gerard in a in a weird spot. Barbashev's going in on the forecheck to try and disrupt the play. Um, I don't. If they would have called a penalty here, eh, I don't know. I guess I would have been okay with it, but uh, I I don't know. I don't think this was dirty by any means. I think it was just more unfortunate than anything. Yeah, I I do agree with that. I know that Barbashev is a little bit taller than Gerard, and from the ang- from the camera angles on the replay, it was a a very clean hit. Mm. Could it have been boarding potentially? But that's also at the ref's discretion. Right. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's and, that's my point too. I think if it was a boarding call, I think I go, "Eh, okay. Yeah, I see that." Yeah, and especially during the playoffs, Ruby loves his players to finish their checks and follow through. Mm-hmm. If they don't, he will sit them for 10 minutes and yet, and give them the silent treatment that they know, like, oh, shit, I should have finished that. <laughs> yep, definitely. That's his style. Yep. So, yeah. uh, so talking about Craig Ruby, uh, one of the goals I did want to talk about was the last one because uh, this is something we complain about often on this show. Uh, the Blues pulled Huso after the Blues shoot it in and did not have possession around the 1740 mark. It causes uh, Gabriel Landeskog to basically have an empty net after a two-on-one, and uh, Huso was trying to get back in, but just no way he could get back in time. Gave an empty yeah. net to Landeskog with Huso still on the ice. Um, this is a play, and, and Vanessa, as a hockey player, I, I you know again want to get your opinion on this too. Yep. I if you're going to pull the goalie. And, and I'm fine with the time he pulled him, too. If you're going to pull him, to me, get possession in the offensive zone. Just Don't just shoot it in and say, okay, the puck's in the offensive zone. Go, Billy. You know, like, to me, it's, hey, the puck's in the offensive zone. You know, David Perron is on the, the guy who retrieved it. Up, oh, turned mm-hmm. it over, slides it back to the point. Okay, who? so you go now. Like, I want to see possession before I see the goalie pulled. How do you feel about that? So this one, I actually thought the coaching staff misfired. They yep. should have waited a little bit longer just to make sure that the puck was actually in their possession in the offensive zone, then called him over. I feel like Agreed. they jumped the gun way too quickly. And yeah, it led to Lanniskog having an easy open nickel. Yep. Yep, I agree. So you're in agreement with us then, because we always bitch about that on this show. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't care so much when they pull them very early. You know, if they're down by two and there's four oh, minutes yeah. left in the game, that doesn't really bother me too much. I know Kurt and Bill, it's bothered them in the past. But for me, it's you have to have possession of the puck. If you're not right, if, if you're just dumping it in and they're getting it out every time over and over, and then the fourth mm-hmm. time you do it, you pull the goalie. What are you doing? You, you got to make sure you have possession. Otherwise, they're just going to carry it down and have an empty net to shoot at. Exactly. And, like, you can easily utilize some of your younger players who have the speed and the skill. You just have to direct more of the Avalanche defense to one side and then flip the script and have the other side 
be where the fast guy is and he gets to carry in. Yep. Especially well, if the dumping chases are not working. All right. Well, we're going to apply for some coaching jobs, you and I, next year. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Because clear, clearly <laughs> we know what we're talking about. We're on a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in this game, Blues goals came from Colton Pareko and, of course, Ryan O'Reilly. The captain comes up big again. Uh, after this game, uh, there was a little bit of an incident, uh, which goes back into the whole Kadri situation. Uh, so apparently, while he was giving his uh, post-game presser, a water, water bottle was tossed his way. Um, everybody claimed it was Biddington. Did you ever see anything that was definitive that it was Jordan Biddington? All I saw was... Yeah, that was Bennington. It's like, okay, so you saw it. Well, no, but we know Bennington was walking by. So was it Bennington? Oh, I didn't see it, but maybe. You know, did you ever see anything that said that it was definitely Bennington that threw that water bottle? Uh, I did. I believe it was uh, Jeremy Rutherford. He posted a tweet that confirmed from sources that he knew that Benny did throw a water bottle. Okay. And at the same time, can you also blame him? No, <laughs> like he just got injured. He's probably very much upset at the guy who caught, who unintentionally caused the injury or intentionally that's up for debate no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, a little bit of steam is going to get to his head and he's going to react a little. Should that be investigated? Guy. No, it, there's no need for that. I get the NHL, you know, Slight, you know, maybe uh, quietly pulling Bennington aside and saying, "Hey, man, we we can't do that." You know, like don't let's yeah. not make this a thing. <clears throat> you know, let's let's have some composure after games. We get it. You're pissed. I mean, I get that, but people were calling for Bennington to be suspended, which I'm like, so you're going to suspend him from games he's not allowed to play in because of the player he threw the water bottle at in the first place. You know, right. like. It's okay, so you want to suspend him? Okay, uh, and then other people saying he should be fined. Uh, you know, people. I saw people saying the police need to be involved, and I'm like, it's not like he brought a gun out and tried to shoot him. I mean, he threw a yeah. freaking empty water bottle at the man. And <laughs> you even had a media person for the Avalanche saying that it was a race thing. It's like, no, he got injured. The person that potentially did it is taking a press conference he got a little out of control with his emotions and he reacted a little that doesn't make it immediately a race thing yeah that that that's the that's where i started losing it uh there was an avalanche reporter i don't even want to say his name because well first of all i muted him because he was driving me nuts um yeah but yeah he was he instantly put up you know oh this this you know, shouldn't we be asking the question, was this racially motivated? Okay, you know, if Kadri maybe didn't play in the game and he's doing a press conference and someone throws a water bottle at him, okay, yeah, I could see maybe asking that question. But the fact that it's right. a guy who, one, scored a big goal in the game, but more importantly, <laughs> knocked out the best player on the Blues in this series, uh, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about race at all with this. This is just a pissed off individual because he's mad. Mm -hmm. He's out for the series. You know, at this point, you don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah. There's going to be some anger there. Yeah. And I find it funny that he even made a comment about Baruby who's part native American 
It's like, you're going to say that he's not even, like, he doesn't want to comment on this. He just wants to focus on the series and the games and trying to win. And you're going to make a comment that he's being racist. Like, what? Like, you're yeah. gra- you're cr- trying to create a straw man argument. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, go back again to the, the hand pass gate. Um, what yeah. was his comment then? I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on to the next game. Like, yeah, exactly. I think that's what he's doing here. I get that there are people who want him to come out against it, but, and I understand that to a certain extent, but to vilify him. And again, we'll talk about Kadri again in this next game, but Kadri had mm-hmm. comments about Baruby not saying anything. And I'm like, why are you focused on what the other coach is saying? You know, again, he didn't say like, oh yeah, all the, all the people who were saying this is racially motivated are right. He just said no comment. He just doesn't want to get into it. He doesn't want to get into politics. I fully yeah. understand that. And I, I, and I think uh, Jared Bednar said it good, too. He basically said, hey, he doesn't want to get involved. I'm cool with that. And I'm with him. Like, I, I don't yeah. get why that became a thing. The man says no comment, but we're making a big deal out of his no comment. Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> like, what? It's like, what? stop I mean, trying to stand a fire that's not there. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that drove me nuts, too. I'm glad you agree. Um, so after the game and heading into game four, uh, apparently there was some uh, death threats on social media and apparently some things uh, around his team's hotel in downtown St. Louis. Uh, uh, basically, Kadri getting death threats and, um, you know, very bad racial slurs. Uh, the Avalanche and St. Louis uh, police work together to investigate. I uh, haven't heard anything about that. Don't know if anybody's being prosecuted, but I will say there was some evidence that came out today from Kadri's wife. Uh, yep. And I will say that the people who posted those, I do hope do get investigated. I do hope get prosecuted. Um, I listen, I am going to bitch a ton about Nazem Kadri throughout the rest of this episode, but this is where I will stand my ground and say, Come on, St. Louis. We're better than this. Yes, it is a very small select few that are doing this. But this is not the way to go about it. You want to post on social media, I hate Nazem Kadri. Fuck Nazem Kadri. He's a bitch. He sucks. Whatever you want to say about him, fine. To bring race into it, to threaten the man's life, mm-hmm. come on. We're better than this. Every Everybody is better than this. Yeah. I I honestly have only one thing to say to people that even think it's okay to do that. Turn in all of your hockey, like all of your fan gear for the Blues. Yeah, you do not deserve to cheer for this team if you want to react like this. Hockey is a sport of mutual respect for people. Leave yep. it at the door. I agree, and and what I love about this sport is seeing guys like um, Ethan Bear. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of Native American blood myself. So seeing like Ethan mm-hmm. Bear and then even Craig Berube and Nazem Kadri and all these people with different backgrounds be able yeah. to make the NHL. Nathan Walker was one that, that blows my mind. Um, yeah. Being able to see these guys come from different backgrounds, different areas of the world and be able to play in the NHL. We didn't see this 20 years ago. You know, we didn't see this 30 years ago. It's mm-hmm. now more than ever, we're seeing this sport evolving and involving more people from around the world. I think that is only a great thing. Um, we saw how much the Russians changed the game. We see how the Finnish and the Swedish leagues have built their players to play differently. 
it can only yeah. bring good to the NHL to see difference and to see how hockey truly is for everyone. So to to hear that this kind of shit is being said, uh, it it really does bother me. And and you know, again, going back to a conversation earlier, Vanessa, I I just don't get it. Why do you care? Why do you care? What another person's, where they're from, what they do in their personal life, you know, their orientation. Why does it affect mm-hmm. your life, and why do you have to act that way? It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, like I'll always joke that Blackhawk fans or Blackhawks in general, I'll never be friends with them. I'll never trust them. No, <laughs> I have three or four at least friends that are Blackhawk fans. I talk with them in a very civil manner. I'll jab at them and chirp at them during the games. Like whenever it's a blues and Blackhawk game, it's completely fine. But it's like, everyone is here to enjoy the game. And if you start bringing external things that are just full of hate, you're just ruining the game for not just yourself, but for the other person. Yep. I agree. hundred percent. Uh, so some people in the chat here chiming in, I'm going to give our, uh, Comment of the show, uh, which Aaron, I know you're a new listener. So, uh, what do you win? Nothing except my admiration. Uh, she says, uh, Aaron Sandman, 100% better to say no comment than to say something and have it be picked apart and mis- misinterpreted by idiots. I actually agree with that statement 100%. I know, um, back when I was in the media, somebody asked me to comment on something and I just told them, Hey, I have no comment on that. And nothing was ever said about it. Now, granted, I'm a nobody. Uh, Craig Ruby is a somebody, at least in this city. So, you know, mm-hmm. you maybe do expect him to say something. For At least some people do. But for me, it's like, hey, whatever I say can be easily misconstrued. On paper, it may look different than the way it's said. So I'm with you, Aaron. I, I actually, I have no problem with him going with no comment on something like that. So we will get into talking about, you know what, actually, uh, before we do that, Vanessa, uh, we are going to go ahead and I'm going to call an audible here. We're going to take our next break. Uh, go ahead and hear from our friends over at Center Ice Brewery, and then we will get into talking about game four and everything else in the whole Nazem Kadri situation. Do you like hockey? No, of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Let's hope so. If you answered yes to all of those questions, run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Center Ice Brewery. That's right. Center Ice Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. All right, so talking about game four, Avs win this one 6-3. to three. They take a 3-1 series lead. <laughs> Sighing coming from Vanessa. Yes, same here. This was a rough game to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Huso uh, gets the start with uh, Darcy Kemper uh, going to net uh, again for the Colorado Avalanche. So in the first period, the Blues They have scored the first goal in every game this series, and they continue that trend here in Game 4. David Perron scores at 5.07 for the 1-0 lead. Pavel Buchnevich on the forecheck, got the puck, slid in front. 
Perron Dipsy Doodles in tight to beat Kemper on the backhand, and the Blues take the, uh, well, I would say all-important one nothing lead, but again, to this point and with this game, it is uh, proven that the one the the early one nothing lead has proven to really not be that important. Yep. So uh shots through the first period, I wanted to make a note of this. Uh the so the blues again uh come out, they're they're down two one in the series. You're probably expecting a big effort from them. Colorado at the end of the first period leads in shots fifteen to three. Uh blues only with only three shots on goal. Not a good look to start the game. We'll get into the play uh, that they had through the rest of this game. But uh, definitely, I know you probably agree with me, Vanessa. You probably expected some more fire from them in that first period. I very much did. It It kind of seemed more of Colorado. They got on their tippy toes and they put the pressure on the goalie who has not been performing well. And to me, that was probably Huso's best period of the entire game because he had the defensive support. Yes, he still faced 15 shots, but he had the support of the entire forward and defensive lines. He was making really good saves. And they had energy getting that first goal, but then they couldn't get any, they just couldn't get any more offense later on but they played a great defensive period. Yeah, I, I thought a lot of Colorado's chances were from the outside, which I'm fine with. I think Huso stops those all day for the most part. Oh, but yeah. yeah, you you do expect some more offensive output from them. I mean, maybe, yeah, you're happy with the one nothing lead, but three shots on goal. You're a highly offensive team. You move the puck very well coming out of the zone. And you're only gotten, getting three shots. Now, Now give Colorado credit. They played very well. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you expect this offense, and, you know, we'll talk about some players who maybe haven't shown up much in the playoffs so far. But, you know, you expect a little more from this team uh, coming out of the first period, losing game three, and maybe having some fire because they lost their starting goalie in that game as well. Oh, yeah. And they've played with Huso most of the season. They know exactly what he needs, especially from the defense and the forwards. You have to back check, keep it to the outside, and Huso will carry the day. Yep. They did it for this period. They did not do it for the second and third. No. So in the second period, uh, the Avalanche get on the board, make it 1-1. Eric Johnson, everyone's favorite St. Louis Blue number 6, uh, ties it up at 244. Strong pressure from Colorado. Uh, they were kind of going after Huso pretty early. Uh, Johnson gets it at the point, straddles the line, and fires it past a maze of bodies, beats Huso down low. And again, shots at this point. So we mentioned after first, it was 15 to 3. It is now 18 to 5. So early in the second, Colorado still dominating play. You have score again uh, to make it 2-1, and uh, at this point, so, you know, maybe something we haven't mentioned, uh, Kadri is getting booed every time he touches the puck, and it is a deafening boo. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of the last player that would come to mind that was booed as loud as he has been. Um, uh, Probably Patrick Kane. Yeah, uh, Kane. I want to say the 20, 
whichever postseason it was that we had Troy Brower in that series, easily oh, would have yeah. been Patrick Kane getting booed in that one. I know Owen Nolan back in the day in the early 2000s. He was, whoo, he was pretty loudly booed too. But yeah, Kadri was, he was getting it from Blues fans. But uh, he shows him up, scores his first of the game at uh, 4.07. Blues offensive zone faceoff in Colorado just got the puck. Uh, They clear it out to center. Perunovic tries to step up on Kadri, who received the pass. But Kadri uh, ends up coming in on a 2-1-1, beats Huso on the short side. Uh, This was a goal. Now, yes, it's a 2-1-1. Ooh, Austin Lynch brings up a great point. He says Brent Seabrook. Yeah, he was one that was definitely good, too. Forgot about that. Yep. Uh, Aaron Sandman says Kane's boo is a different boo, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so Kadri, you know, he scores here. The, the the boos are deafening as he scores. Something uh, Kurt brought up in our uh, Discord chat last night. He looks up into the crowd and is clearly taunting the crowd with this goal. Kind of mm-hmm. a ballsy move, right? You know, with all the things that have been going his way with social media and, and the death threats, and he's taunting the crowd. I, I mean, listen, I hate Nazem Kadri, uh, but I will say, like, as a hockey player, that's pretty ballsy, and I respect that a little bit. Yeah, I, I'll actually agree with that. Uh, if he did it for just the one goal, I'd be completely fine with it. <laughs> But he yeah. does do it for every single goal, and it kind of got old very quickly. Yes. Yes, it did. Like, you made your point with the first one. You don't need to continuously make your celly a pullet. Like, you don't need to make it another talking point. <laughs> and that's all I'll say on the other goals, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, yeah, and I, I'll I'll say, I again, this is a two-on-one um, you don't like to see two-on-ones. Perunovic steps up. If you're going to make that step up, you got to make the play there. He doesn't. But, ah, man, this is the second game in a row where Huso is beaten on the short side on a two-on-one, and it's clear that he's he's playing pass. He's cheating over to the other side, giving that short side to the shooter. And uh, second time in two games that they have capitalized on it. I did not like this goal on Billy Huso. Yeah, I I really didn't like the the shot either. I feel like if Perunovic played the pass a little bit more than trying to block the shot, maybe Huso would have actually seen a little bit better of no, he's probably going to shoot especially after all the stuff that happened in the last game. Right. He he's more than likely going to try for a shot. And yeah, he got caught cheating. It it's a terrible feeling as a goalie when you get caught cheating. Yeah, Bill. Uh, Bill's our resident goalie on the uh, on the panel, and he's probably not going to like me sharing this. But after that goal, <laughs> uh, Bill did message me and say, uh, "Yeah, kind of ready for Huso to be gone this summer." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, it might be your emotions talking a little bit, buddy." But yeah, that was a very tough goal to to watch be given up. Uh, so the Avalanche uh, end up going up three to one, uh, and uh, they do it pretty quickly. It's just 19 seconds after the Kadri goal. Devin Taves uh, gives them a two goal lead after the Avalanche dumped it in. 
Shen fumbles it in the corner, slowly slides it in front to Rosen, who fumbles it as well. Gabe Landiscaw gets the puck, sends it back to Taves, who fires it low and beats Huso. That is three goals in a minute 42 for Colorado. So just, uh, uh, well, this game was, it's not even five minutes into the second period. They go into the second period with a one nothing lead, not even five minutes into the period. They are down three to one. Quite, uh, quite the turnaround, and you could hear it in the silence from the crowd at this point. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. to me, was the point of the game where it completely turned into Colorado's favor. Like, yep. the Kadri goal, that's just a miscue on the defense and a misplay by Huso. This specific goal is what just completely drained everything. And this is also, I believe, where the forward and the defensive core let Huso down. Yep. Like, you turn it over in the worst possible way, you are letting your goalie down. There's no if ands, or buts about that. Yeah, that's one. I mean, again, we talked, uh, I don't remember what game that was, but uh, we're, I remember Tarasenko was trying to, it was in the Minnesota series. I think it was in game three. He was trying to uh, get it up through the center, and he ends up whiffing on the pass. Guy ends mm-hmm. up uh, skating in and shooting and scoring. And and this is another one of those where it's like, okay, your team is struggling right now. Like, clearly, yeah. play's not going your way. Shen gets it on the dump in. Just put it on the boards and get it out. You know, make it a simple play. Don't yep. try to give it to Rosen in front. You know, Anna, or, uh, Colorado is just pushing and pushing. Do what you can to get the puck out of the zone. Make it easy. It, again, I've said this before. I tell this to my ice hockey teammates all the time. You know, make the easy play. Look up. Oh, I can throw it up here on the boards. Nobody's there. I can put it on the far boards. I can put it behind the net. Make the yep. easy play. And that way, you know, maybe you can create some offense by forechecking, getting it deep. Right now, you just got to keep it out of your zone. Yeah. And I even say that to some of my gaming teams, like, make the easy play. Don't make the fancy play of, like, deking the player out in front of me and then leaving me out to dry as a goalie. Come on. Yep. Do the smart thing. Yep, always. Uh, I hear you. Uh, so, again, three goals in a minute 42 for Colorado. Uh, so, right after this happens, Pavel Buchnevich and David Perron both kind of lose their cool with Kadri. Blues basically made a pretty clear statement. They were not going to worry about Kadri. They were just going to try and win the game. Well, at this point, I think they're thinking we're down 3-1. Let's go get that asshole. So, they go after him, uh, both getting penalties at 5-30. Buchnevich mm-hmm. gets one for roughing. Perron for cross-checking. Kind of a flying cross-check from... Uh, from Perron. I know I saw somebody say, I don't remember who it was. Uh, it might've been Chris Kerber. Uh, felt like um, Kadri could have gotten a penalty here as well, maybe for elbowing. But I thought this was just, you know, again, I understand the desire to want to take him out and being pissed. You're down three to one, but at this point, the game's not out of hand. You know, you're not losing mm-hmm. six to one. Uh, I thought this was a very ill-tempered play by the Blues. Two veterans who should know better. And uh, you know, again, you want to you want to throw some extra hits his way. Go right ahead. What they did here, I thought, was a little undisciplined. I I feel like yes, Perron for sure 
lost his cool, most definitely. But you also have to remember that Perron was actually going to the bench, did line change, wasn't skating anywhere near Kadri. Kadri made it his purpose to bump to bump into, if not elbow into Perron to get under his skin and get a reaction. Bushnevich just came in to defend Perron, which is what a good teammate does. But then it just devolved into a further thing. And I do believe, along with Chris Kerber, that Kadri should have gotten a roughing or an elbowing for that. He instigated for sure. And I was surprised as hell that they didn't give him anything. Yeah, I'll say, I think if you're going to throw Buchnevich in, you should throw Kadri in. I would have been fine with them just throwing Perron in the box. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, I I agree. I think if you put Buchnevich in, you got to do something with Kadri too. You can't give them a five on three on that one play. But again, what do I know? I'm sitting here on my ass talking on a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, Tim Peel seemed to agree, though, to a certain extent. So you know, I guess yeah, I'm that's, not completely that wrong. surprised me seeing that tweet. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, not not our usual fan. Okay, no, no, he's <laughs> he's definitely showing his fandom a little bit here. Uh so the Avs do score to make it four to one. Uh, Kadri gets his second of the night right as the power play ends. I thought the Blues had a real nice penalty kill here. Kept the Avs to the perimeter. Uh, cleared the puck when they could. Huso was was standing his ground really well. But unfortunately, as Buchnevich and Perron are hustling to get back into the play, Blues can't clear the puck. Byram finds Kadri across the crease on the back door, and he beats Huso along the ice. Pretty much an empty net from where he's standing. And uh, again, Avs go up 4-1 to one at this point, middle of the second period, and uh, just just not a good look, and you're thinking – this is it, right? Like this, uh, I don't know if the Blues could do anything at this point. Yeah. This was the one goal that I think Luddy would want to have back, especially where he was trying to defend that pass. He was just a little slow on reacting to it. Yep, I agree. So uh, the Blues do go on the power play after uh, Darren Helm takes a hooking penalty at 15-39, and Perron adds his second of the night on the ensuing power play. Uh, Perron ends up finding Shen on the side of the net, who sends it to Perunovic, and he sends it back to Perron across the ice. Perron one-times it for his ninth goal of the playoffs. Uh, this was an important note for me here. Scott Perunovic now has more points than Robert Thomas in the playoffs with this assist. So just an important yeah. note for a guy who hasn't played that much, uh, outscoring Robert Thomas, who has kind of become a milk carton at this point. I kind of feel like uh, Robert Thomas isn't really playing to his potential. I think he's getting way more coverage than he is used to, especially since he was so hot in the end of the, like the ending part of the season with Tarasenko and Bushnevich on the wings. I feel like people are starting to target him more defensively and it's just stifling his ability to actually get those quick turns to, break some ankles and try and get plays going. So I think it's more of he's just getting completely covered and it's hard for him to figure out how to get around it. Though it is giving Ryan O'Reilly the room to do what he is doing and just going ridiculous. Yeah. He's, he's turned his game on, huh? I mean, we were talking a couple (laughs) Mm -hmm. months ago, like 
seems like O'Reilly's kind of taking a step back and, you know, playoffs yeah. come and all of a sudden this dude's showing his Con Smythe form again. Yeah. He's been great. Uh, so the Blues uh, do score another power play goal in this period. Eric Johnson interferes with Brandon Saad in front of the net, and the Blues capitalize on the power play uh, with just 33 seconds left to cut the lead to one. Uh, the puck bounces around a bit in front of Kemper, and then it goes off Buchnevich's foot and in. Uh, so he scores a big goal here, kind of a weird lucky bounce type play. There was some talk of review for goalie interference and whatever else. I think there was some other talks of something else for the review on this goal. But uh, at the end of the day, it counts. Blues go into the third period down by only one goal after being down four to one. I feel like this one finally got that monkey off of Bushnevich's back. Because he hasn't, he has not had a playoff goal in his entire career yet until this point. So this easily was very huge for him. And it actually bounced off his the shaft of his stick. Oh, didn't even touch his foot. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have better eyes than I do. Uh, so, uh, in the third period, again, you expect the blues to come out with some vigor, some fire only down one goal, but unfortunately the abs are the ones that score the first goal of the period. Uh, Kadri <laughs> completes the hat trick at nine 38 after the blues fumble the puck again in their own zone. Nico Mikola, uh, loses it behind the net, trying to get it to Falk who softly sends it to Cairo along the wall, who turns it over to Nichushkin, who finds Kadri walking in. He sends a floating wrist shot towards Huso and scores. This was a bad goal all around. But again, yep. I think this is one Huso absolutely needs to have and was not a good look for him missing this uh, kind of waffling shot that came in at him. No, he very much needed to have this. This this specific play is where Huso had to show up because his teammates fumbled the puck so much mm-hmm. like Falk needs to have harder passes than that you can't just softly pass pucks in the playoffs i he just can't yeah and well and again this is such a weird play too where i see Falk with the puck and i'm thinking <clears throat> put it on the glass get it out you know let's regroup yeah you know and there was none of that in sight for the blues on this play no it was just bad decisions all around, and then, yeah, Huso gets beat on one that he needs to put a hundred percent into saving. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I was, I was very unhappy with this goal. Um, obviously, this took the wind out of the sails of the Blues. They don't score another goal in this game. You got to think if Huso comes up with the save. I mean, I you don't know. I mean, maybe they score another one shortly after. Who knows? But this is a save you have to make. You know you. We, you know, we talk a lot on this show about how St. Louis and, and really just hockey fans in general get goaltending just wrong. They just don't understand the, the position, I think, unless you mm-hmm. played the game. Um, but this is one where it's like, okay, your goalie is here. He needs to come up with a save. It's not like McKinnon and Rantanen are coming in on a two-on-O, you know, off a turnover. This is a floating throw-it-at-the-net shot that he has to save, kick it to the corner, give Falk another chance to get the puck out, or cover the puck, get offensive zone face-off, whatever you can do to keep that puck out of the net. And, and again, gives him short side, just not a good mm-hmm. look for Huso. 
Yep. So, uh, Avs scored uh, pretty late in this game. Blues pull the goalie. Just a few ticks left on the clock. Rantanen scores his first, which was kind of shocking to me. That was his first of the uh, playoffs into the empty net. Uh, Kadri in the post game says, uh, quote, I know it doesn't reflect every fan in St. Louis, but for those who hate, that was for them. Again, hate Nazem Kadri. I'm going to bitch about him a little bit more here in a couple minutes. But um, I did respect that comment, and I said, you know, he's right. Like, I'm glad he at least admitted, like, I know St. Louis isn't bad. They're not all bad people. There's just some idiots in every fan base is basically what he's saying. This is for you, idiots. And uh, I respect that kind of commentary from him after the game. Yeah. I didn't hear any of the postgame stuff. I was just too disappointed with the play of the Blues I just tuned everything out after the game ended. And I do respect what Kadri said there. I still think that two of his three sellies, he didn't need to go that far with. But that was his personal choice. It's whatever. <laughs> I, I actually agree with you. I uh, I don't think, honestly, in my situation, I mean, I, I like to act like I'm a you know ballsy, tough guy when I'm on the rink. Mm-hmm. But... I don't think I, in his situation, I don't think I do that at all. And to do it three times, I'm like, yeah, wow, dude, you are really pushing people to the brink here. Like you, you might want to be careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those situations where you know you're in a men's league game or a, you know, maybe back when you're playing in high school and you're like. Hey, would you guys mind walking to my car with me? Like, just just to make sure, you know, like, right. obviously these guys all walk to the bus together. But, like, that's one of those situations where, like, ah, I'm not too comfortable walking by myself too much right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, so Darcy, I personally, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Please go ahead. Okay. Um, Kind of pulling back on conversation we had earlier today. Um, you mentioned about my Twitter handle. Uh, secretly a sorceress. (laughs) So I kind of feel like since Kadri did the whole three sellies thing and specifically made it a point at the Blues fans, I feel like Karma is going to come back on him for that. And I'm kind of hoping that little little bit of magic that Karma is actually does. It's like, you made your point. And then you overmade the point. I think karma should come back and give the blues three wins. Go use your magic, man. You got it. You got to cast that spell. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, we can pull a New York Rangers on Pittsburgh. For let's sure. do it. Let's do it. I hope, I hope you're right. Uh, so in this game, Darcy Kemper makes 17 saves on 20 shots. Uh, Billy Huso, 31 saves on 36 shots. Uh, teams uh, that take a 3-1 lead are 296 and 31. That's a 905 winning percentage, uh, winning a best of seven NHL playoff series. But that also includes the 0-1 in the 2022 first round. Uh, Vanessa just mentioned the New York Rangers defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins after trailing 3-1. Uh, Colorado is 4-0 on the road this postseason. Uh, in this game, the Blues go two for three on the power play, but the Avalanche are 0-2 on the power play. Obviously, both those came off that uh, 
uh, two-man advantage in the second period, which they scored on right after. But uh, again, mm-hmm. something, and I know we, we've kind of been harping on this with this game, 20 shots on Darcy Kemper. They had some decent chances, especially late in the third period. I thought he came up pretty big for them. But you got you got to throw more than 20 shots on net at Darcy Kemper in a game like this. You know, that's, that's a lackluster yeah. effort offensively for a team who prides itself on playing some good offense. Especially when you have nine players that scored 20-plus goals in your regular season. There needs to be a lot more offensive pressure. Okay, awesome. Uh, so, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm actually commenting to uh, Austin Lynch right now in the uh, YouTube chat. He says, "Hey Jeff, I got to get some sleep, buddy. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Y'all have a great night. Blues and seven. He was the one who was asking us to hang around on Discord after. So, Austin, I'll okay. uh, you know, Austin, you're on Twitter. Get in touch with uh, Vanessa, and and you know, we can we can plan a Discord meet or something. Uh, Austin's a good good longtime listener. Let's go Blues Radio and. Any questions you have, I'm sure Vanessa's very happy to answer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ken Morris says the Blues need some Wiccan magic. So let's conjure that up, Vanessa, shall we? Well, I am Wiccan, so there you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> are you uh are you a Harry Potter nerd as well? Uh that that's a touchy subject. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> so J.K. Rowling is very anti-trans. She, That's a good so point. She's that weird toxic feminist that is like trans people don't really exist kind right. of thing. So I stay away from her and supporting anything she does. I do good appreciate call. the books just for their storytelling. Is it good storytelling? Not really. But for a kid's book, it's it's Okay. I do okay. acknowledge that I am a Ravenclaw at heart. I love intelligence <laughs> and I strive for it. There you go. But there, there's just that weird battleground of the author just being ridiculous kind of thing. So I hear you. I, I face, and I'm sure you do too. I face that battle with uh, Chick-fil-A whenever I feel like I want to eat some Chick-fil-A. So <laughs> I, I make it a personal note to never, even if the stores are not owned by the actual company their expansion stores i still will not eat chick-fil-a i'm sorry yeah i've stopped ever since i learned about that uh there's one literally within walking distance of my house and i'm like mm-hmm. i don't care how i don't care if i'm starving i'm not going there so yeah I'm i'd rather eat that. raising canes or something else oh raising canes is fantastic love that my place. my wife loves their sauce she <laughs> loves awesome. it so much <laughs> oh it's the best I, I dip my fries in it too it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Kurt Price, a uh, uh, regular contributor to this show. He's in the YouTube chat now, I guess. Kurt, how did uh, how did your daughter's uh, game go? Let me ask you that. Uh, he says, has there ever been a bigger villain to Blues Nation than Kadri? That is a great question. We had this conversation slightly a little bit earlier. We talked about mm-hmm. Owen Nolan. Um, oh, my goodness. He's going off there in the YouTube chat. Uh Brent Seabrook, uh, Patrick Kane. Um, I mean, Nick Kiprios is the only one that comes to mind, Kurt. I, I think you'll agree. I I still say Nick Kiprios is public enemy number one in St. Louis for taking out Grant Fuhrer's knee in 1996. But other than that, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Right now, I he's maybe definitely... Had Geiserman. 
Iserman, yeah, he's up there too. That's a good call. Yes, especially that that playoff season with Gretzky. Ugh, that hurts. And transcending sports, uh, Stan Kroenke, I think it's his name up there too. <laughs> oh yeah, for yep. more than just hockey, just for yep. him in general, and even football, just no. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are just totally tuned in to Kurt Price's uh, daughters softball team we beat O'Fallon seven to five came back from down five nothing great game still undefeated congratulations that's fantastic nice uh let's see Mike Leon in the uh, YouTube chat has chimed in he says Probert and Marchman are my top two yeah I hated Brian Marchman back in the day so I'm with you there too um oh we got a question here from Ken Morris uh Vanessa how do you feel about J.R.R. Tolkien so I love Tolkien. I love his books. Uh, they were actually fundamental to my growing up, especially in fantasy genres and especially playing D and love to incorporate different aspects of those specific thing, like those specific series into how I create a player or how I perceive a campaign. Because I'm currently actually writing a full-fledged campaign that I want to publish so that people can use the world. And I'm using different lessons from Tolkien's writing to help actually create it, flesh it out, and just make it as best as possible. Awesome. Well, there you mm-hmm. go. I think, I think Ken's a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan, so it doesn't surprise okay. me he would ask that. I literally um, have... I wear a ring that has the laser etching of the one ring on it. Well, there you go. There you go, Ken. I think you got a friend down here in Collinsville if you ever want to come down and visit. <laughs> uh, so talking again about Nazem Kadri, and this will be our last little bit on that whole thing. Again, we talked earlier uh, about everything that happened with the stupid St. Louis fans that we do not condone what they said. But I will say uh, with the media love, for Kadri, for those who may not be paying attention on social media, there has been a quite a bit of love for Kadri, and it has been, I get, I completely get people getting behind him, basically shoving it to the stupid Blues fans who sent him death threats and other terrible things they said about him. I am totally get with people under like getting behind him on that, but. There has been a lot of love thrown to him by the media, and it just blows my mind. It's like we forgot who this guy is. Um, mm-hmm. We call so Dom Lecision, who you know what somebody asked recently because we always say we have friends of the show. You know, Chris Carbers, come on, Bernie Federico, guys like that. I'm totally just throwing names, plugging names now. But <laughs> um, somebody once asked, like, do you guys have any enemies of the show? Kurt, go ahead and comment in the chat and tell me. I think you'll agree. Dom Lecision from The Athletic. I think we can officially call him an enemy of the show from now on. Uh, He has been railing on Blues fans this playoff. And uh, one of the newest ones was after the hat trick. He says, Nazem Kadri with perhaps the most poetic hat trick in hockey history. And I believe that is Tay-Tay who's giving the chef's kiss uh, in his uh, his tweet. And, uh, yeah, so he's kind of jumping all over Blues Nation. Uh, and then DNVR, I don't know if I'm saying the name of that publication right, which they're they're a 
Colorado-based organization, so it doesn't surprise yeah. me too much. But Nazem Kadri rose above the noise to produce a night we'll always remember was their their headlining article. Um, and I know Kurt he had posted um, he had posted in our chat uh, last night on Discord that basically um, this there was an article on a fairly reputable site in Colorado last year, just this past year, that said something about how the Avalanche need to walk away from Kadri and get him off this team because of the type of game he plays. It's just not what you want. Uh, you don't want your team associated with that. And again, let's not forget about Kadri's yeah. suspension history. Um, uh, wow, there's some. There's a very nice comment from the Meeker, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but yeah, his suspension history, uh, November 2013, three games. March 2015, four games. April 2016, four games. April 2018, three games. April 2019, five games. Eight games, last playoff for what he did to Falk, which went into the next season. Um, Denver Post, Kurt says. Oh, DNVR. Yeah, they're Denver Post. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so listen, again, let's take, for me, for who I am, and Vanessa, I think you'll agree, I am taking race out of this. I am taking ethnicity out of this. I am taking out, um, you know, everything that he's been through with stupid blues fans. Um, Fuck Nazem Kadri. Like, I, I, I am so... He has become such a media darling in the last 48 hours, and it is driving mm -hmm. me crazy. We've forgotten who this guy is on the ice. He's a punk. He's an absolute punk. All he, he has, how many career tra tra trajectories has he affected with his play? It drives me fucking crazy to see yeah. these people saying, like, oh, good for Nazem Kadri. Oh, Nazem Kadri, he's the story of the second round. And no, this guy is awful. He he literally the re, and, and listen, I'm not saying that that, you know, again, I'm not saying it was completely intentional him taking out Jordan Biddington. I do think he meant to crash into him, but I don't know if he meant to hurt him. Um, he's having the success because the Blues were on a roll because of their goalie. He is the reason that goalie was taken out. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that last year. Yeah. In game two, he took out who was the Blues' best defenseman in Justin Falk. And how many playoff games has he missed because of suspensions? He's an absolute punk. And to, to, to give him, honestly, any credit at all, other than saying, like, good for him for showing up the haters, other than that, to give him any credit at all is just, it's really putting me in a very dark place. Because I'm just like, do we forget the last 10 years of this guy in the NHL? There's a reason. Mm -hmm. He's obviously a very skilled guy. Toronto would love to have a guy like him on the roster, but they had to get rid of him because they were like, we can't keep getting this guy suspended and taking up a roster spot in the postseason because he keeps doing stupid shit. It's like the whole yep. world has just forgotten about that. Yeah, it. It's like the media is glorifying a heel, and it's the weirdest thing. And my boyfriend is going to love the fact that I'm actually using wrestling terms, and I don't particularly <laughs> like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but in the case with Dom, 
he has a severe bias towards St. Louis in general. And you notice that in all of his reports involving St. Louis, all of his supposed numbers. And yet for most of the season, the Blues constantly disregarded what he said and proved him wrong. But he would still have this bias. So I'm not too picky about Dom being like, oh, it's poetic or something like that. Dom, you're overreaching. You're you're just being ridiculously biased still. In terms of the Denver uh, Post or whatever, no, I completely agree with them publishing that article. That easily is, for sure, a rising above the noise. Like, yes, his performance was good. Aspects of it were not so good. But that's it. That's for whatever. <clears throat> and you have to acknowledge... His past six six years worth of playoff history of suspensions for doing shit that is just not it's not good for the NHL. Especially the last one, uh, I believe it was last year when they played the Blues, knocked him out in four. But he literally headshot Justin Falk, and now people are suddenly glorifying him the next season. Like, come on. Yeah. Acknowledge uh, his play, yeah, but don't glorify him. Yeah. Again, like, I am totally fine with people saying, hey, good for him for showing up the haters. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, as much as it pains me as a Blues fan, yeah, the people who are sending him death threats, I hope they didn't sleep a fucking wink last night. I hope it right. just ruined their day today. Like, but to everyone else, I, you know... It, I just can't believe that he's become such a media darling overnight. It's it's driven me nuts. A um, couple comments I want to get to here in the YouTube chat. First of all, the one that, that I wanted to mention earlier, uh, the Meeker, very nice comment. I love this stream slash pod. It has knowledge and heart and great people. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Kadafter48, not sure if you're an Avalanche fan or not, but uh, this is funny. This goes back to last season. He says, like stupid Blues fans that want to punch the opposing goalie in the face for just words. Uh, Vanessa, I don't know if you know, that is a direct comment at me uh, because <laughs> after um, Philip Grubauer posted his memories of round one uh, mm-hmm. last year with Biddington, I... Um, I instantly said, I want to punch that guy in the face. And I think I've said that about 10 times since then. So, um, (laughs) you know, honestly, like that is like, listen, that is good rivalry stuff. Like I, I love having a good rivalry. Like I say that about Philip Grubauer and I will boo him until I'm blue in the face. But like, at least it's like, it's in good fun. It's a good sports fun thing to do with Kadri. It is, it is like, I wish you weren't in the NHL. Like, I don't like you being on the rink with my favorite players because there's a chance you're going to end their career at any minute. And I I don't like that. That's a bad feeling. Yeah. Like, there's one specific moment of a good rivalry moment that I love is during a game against uh, the Dallas Stars, and we still had Ryan Reeves on the team. He just had a huge-ass fight, and then as he's skating off, because I think it was like the last five minutes of the game, he blows a kiss to the Dallas Stars team. And I'm like, that is just poetically funny. 
I'm not sure if you can see that, but I've got that hanging up over there. Oh, I do um, see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite pictures of all time. When he did that, oh, I'm like, man. I am buying a picture of that and I am framing it. <laughs> like, yeah, that, like is, yeah, that is, to me, that beautiful. is one of the greatest moments ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so some more comments here. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, God damn, Ken Morris. Uh, some of the very best hockey people out there. A nice corner of the internet to escape from all the insanity. Thank you, Ken. Talking about us. Um, <laughs> basically, you guys want your comments read. Feed me some some compliments and you will have your comment read, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we got uh, Mike Leon saying, sing it Ponzi, 100% correct. That came in after my little rant about the media and uh, Nazem Kadri. I'm glad you agree. Uh, let's see. Uh, side note, there's no way the Oilers go up 3-1 on this Flames team, he says. I actually don't have the game on. Do you know what that score is right now, Vanessa? Uh, I actually was taking a nap when all these games were playing. So let me try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Hey, got to Oh, wow. It's actually tied 3-3 three to three with 8 minutes and 40 seconds left. Oh, all right. Well, oh, good. And New York actually did tie it. Yeah. Yeah, they did. That's an interesting okay. series. Oh, my Eastern uh, bracket's looking a little bit better with that. Yeah, I got Carolina Tampa in the uh in the East, so hopefully I'll make that work. I had out. uh I had Rangers in Florida, so I'm hoping I don't go. Oh, there to you go. Ooh. <laughs> oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Man, how about Florida? Only three goals that... in four games. Whew. I, I'm I'm blaming that on the curse of Jumbo Joe Thornton. <laughs> That that guy is destined to never like, win anything. Uh, <laughs> it, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Uh, yeah. So, Cadafter uh, uh, <laughs> forty eight says, "Fair enough. Peace." Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm guessing he's an Avalanche fan. That's okay. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in anyway. Appreciate it. Uh, yep. So, moving on, we'll talk about David Perron has uh, been fined five thousand dollars, the maximum allowable under the current CBA. For cross-checking Kadri in Game Four, some people were wanting more because after his uh, his goal he scored, I think it was the second, right after that power play ended, he did kind of have a flying elbow that he uh, went after Kadri with, but did not connect. Um, so some people wanted something for that, but he ended up getting five thousand dollars for the cross-check. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Vanessa? I I think that's warranted for the cross-check because he. He, there was no reason for him to do that. That was when he let his emotions get to him. And yeah, it was just a dumb thing to do. But yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm not, uh, I'm not upset about it. You know, if it was a suspension, I would have been, okay, why not? Why didn't Spurgeon get more in game one of mm-hmm. the Minnesota series? You know, like, so I would have been upset about that. But if it's just a fine, okay. Yeah, his emotions got the best of him. He did something stupid, a flying cross check. You're asking for the uh, player safety to to throw the book at you. So, yeah, I'm fine right. with that. That's no problem for me. Yeah, and uh, that Bushnevich and Spurgeon thing in the last round, that, that kind of set a precedent because something happened, I believe, in one of the two games tonight. And, um, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Um, the guy that does the... Leafs fan YouTube video and he works for 
TSN or Sportsnet. Oh, oh um, Steve, Steve. Steve, yeah, Steve Dangles. That's it. Dangles, yes. Um, Dangles. He actually pointed that out earlier today, and I'm like, yeah, no, that easily set a precedent. Like, yeah. why, why you would not really punish that is beyond me. It, it makes no sense for the NHL to not punish that specific thing. Yep. And then it happens again during the second round. It's like, this, this is what you reap. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so next game for the Blues, game five in Colorado, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Most important question I think that I can ask, is this the end of the Blues season? This That is kind of a toss-up, honestly. Um, if the forward and defensive core show up for whoever is playing in net and actually performs to their skill level, I still believe that we can get to a game seven. I really do believe that. I, I have that same weird feeling that I had during the 2019 run when we were playing Dallas. Like, if we play to the potential we have, we can beat them. I know for a fact that we can. We've proven it already. We've beaten them at home. I feel like we can still do it. So, yeah, see, that's I think that's where we differ. You mentioned the the feeling that you had with Dallas. Uh, I had that same feeling in 2019. They went down 3-2, to two and I said, doesn't matter. They're going to win in Dallas, and they're going to win in Game 7 in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I don't have that same feeling this year. I, I hope you're right, and I hope I'm eating crow. Uh, but I, I do not have a good feeling after the showing we saw in Game 4. I don't have a good feeling about this one. I uh, I do think that we'll be having a season wrap-up show sooner than we wanted. So, Kurt and Bill, be, get ready for that. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, we see this go seven games. I mean, at the very least, even if they get blown out in game seven, let's let's have let's have two fun games to watch the Blues win oh, yeah. some more. You know, that'd be great. I'd, I'd very much enjoy us getting to a game seven. If we somehow get it to a game six and we still lose, I'm fine with that. We still put up a very good season. There were a lot of up like issues with our defense not really playing to their potential throughout the season. But no matter what, we made it to the postseason. We gave one we at least hopefully attempted to give one hell of a fight in the second round. If we lost, okay. Acknowledge the better team. I still will not hope for them to win the cup. I'd rather a Canadian team win it or something else. Agree. But if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I agree. Uh, So who's in net? Uh, I know we had a comment earlier. Somebody said, give the net to Lindgren tomorrow night. Um, I think you got to go with the guy who's got us here, uh, at least got us to the playoffs. Uh, I think you got to go Billy Huso tomorrow night. What are your thoughts? So my thoughts, I actually think that Barubi should put Lindgren in. Hmm. And this is mostly because I've also been following the AHL uh, Springfield Thunderbirds. And Lindgren has been on fire. He has been spectacular in the few postseason games that they've had so far. They swept their first their first round, which is really the second round of the AHL's playoffs. It's a weird system they have. 
But they swept that first round. Lindgren got two of the three wins. I think he played in a game before he got called up. And that was a dominating six. I think it was six to nothing or six to three win as well. So it's like he is the hot hand. Has he played with the Blues in the NHL level? Not since, I think, what, November? Oh, if I'm gosh. remembering right. November or December. Five yeah. game span that he was in. Yeah. But it's like he has the hot hand. Huso is just not playing as sharp for an entire 60 minutes. Lindgren has been just playing out of his mind and is just trying to prove that he can play at the NHL level. He deserves a starting role, if not a backup. I really feel like Lindgren is the one that you should lean on right now because Huso is just having trouble. And there was a post, I believe, by it was either JR or um, Couric that the past four games for Huso, he's let in four more goals. Yeah. Like, he is just not having a good time for his first playoffs. They should honestly not go with him for the next game and just roll the dice on Lindgren. I'll say we talked about this a lot in the first round with Huso or Bennington <clears throat> and also on the Minnesota side with Florida or Talbot. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, it, it's the same as that. To me, it's 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 a coin flip um, at this point. I think you go with Huso because, okay, he's the guy who – proved he could play some great minutes down the down the stretch of the uh during the regular season. You mm-hmm. hope he can find his game again in the playoffs. But you also got this guy in Charlie Lindgren who again has proven he can play at the NHL level and like mm-hmm. you said is playing ridiculous down in Springfield. Now he didn't score a goal like Charlie Hofer, but but no he's Joel he's Hofer. Big, I, I think that uh I think that <laughs> What was the first game? Didn't he have like a 50 save performance earlier in the playoffs too? Uh, um, yes, that was the, that was actually the first game of that series with uh, the baby penguins. Yep. Which is the Wilkes, Wilkesbury, Scatton uh, penguins, the AHL affiliate of the Pittsburgh penguins. Right. Yeah. So uh, Aaron Sandman says, uh, put Lindgren in light a fire under Huso and get him mad that he has to sit out a game. I'll agree with that. I've, I like that philosophy. Um, I think that that worked for Bennington, honestly, him not starting the playoffs. I think lit a fire under his ass and why we saw him play so well once he did come in. So um, let's see. Ken Morris says, Huso needs to have uh, Benny's complete compete level. Yeah, it seems like that's been a little lacking for him, at least in the playoffs. So, yeah, again, I think it's a coin flip. I think, um, you know, if, if uh, it comes out tomorrow that Lindgren's starting, you're not going to see a surprise from me. I think I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. If Huso's starting, oh, okay, cool. Like, it's not going to affect me either way. I think either way yeah. you can make a case for it. So I'm I'm good with either one. I just hope the Blues, uh, in terms of their production, the way that they come out and play offensively and defensively, that is what's going to be more important than what's in goal. If they can jump out to an early lead and – build on it, not just sit on the one goal lead and then allow 15 shots. Maybe we'll see a different outcome tomorrow night. I completely agree with that. They need to not sit on it. They need to put all the pressure that they can on Colorado and just stop them from getting their game going. Yep. Agree. Yeah. You, uh, I think that's been the, the blues. The biggest problem is, you know, they, 
they get the lead, which is great. And I think mm-hmm. they still play their good, their semi good defensive style. They, they clog up the neutral zone, but they just can't get any more offense. They can't get puck possession. Colorado, you know, again, credit them. They are so good at just taking away time and space, but good offensive teams figure that out. And uh, the mm-hmm. Blues have just not done that in this series yet. Yeah. Uh, Kurt says in the YouTube chat, if Lindgren gets the start, Huso is gone. Writing is on the wall. I think I'll agree with that. Uh, Crappy Goalie says, you can't play Lindgren now. You do that to light a fire under Huso. Problem is, you can only go back to Huso if Lindgren loses, but a loss ends the season anyway. Uh, what do you know? You're a crappy goalie. Vanessa's <laughs> a good goalie, so... <laughs> I I just feel like they should stick with Lindgren for now and this is more of because Lindgren has also the experience playing in Montreal and playing in playoffs more than Huso this is a big learning experience for Huso I yeah. feel like I actually feel like Lindgren actually is going to cost more than Huso in the offseason Wow. And it's kind of this interesting thing. Last year, Huso got his first few starts, and he was kind of mediocre. But then this season, he comes back, and he's just ridiculously good, and he's showing his skill. I feel like this playoffs is really just him learning about what kind of like what kind of atmosphere the playoffs are. And I feel like next year, he will actually perform very well in a playoff scenario. I feel like he's he has this weird learning curve of he has to get his feet wet before he actually can take control of everything. I could see that. I I would rather see them do a bridge deal with him just to see if he pans out and if not, they can easily trade him during the season. And I will bet you anything a team like Edmonton would love for that. Oh, Edmonton will take any <laughs> goalie available. that's the way i see it (laughs) uh so uh right now it looks like the oilers have taken a 4-3 lead late in the third period uh 216 left so we'll see how that one goes um but i before we get into uh talking about any of the other well actually you know what let's get into that first uh so battle of alberta again edmonton leads two to one potentially could jump on a three one lead in this uh in this uh, uh, game tonight, Battle of the East Coast, New York versus uh, Carolina. Uh, that is a 2-2 series after tonight's game. And uh, Battle of Florida is over. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Tampa took the series yep. 4 nothing. Florida scored only three goals in the entire series. Shutout in game four. Um, Vanessa, any thoughts on the other series going on right now? And, of course, obviously the season or the series that just ended in Florida as well. Uh, I'll start with Battle of Florida. I'm very, I'm very disappointed in Florida. They did not show up and I easily could have seen this going to seven games easily because you have the two time defending cup champs against the president's trophy winners. But yet again, president's trophy curse since 2013 is back and showed its ugly head. Mm-hmm. And Tampa even lost three of its first round picks in the next three years to try and win this. Like 
you bit a bullet and it did not go your way. I was, Mm -hmm. I was very sad about that. And my entire bracket on the East side is destroyed for the Stanley cup finals. Now, (laughs) (laughs) uh, in terms of the battle of Alberta, I'm loving how the Kachuk brothers are just becoming media darlings through the entire thing. Cause you have Brady Kachuk just in the stands cheering for his brother and just becoming a darling of Calgary, and it's hilarious to watch. And you're thinking to Ottawa fans, they're like, "What the heck is our captain doing?" <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's being he's being his brother's best fan. Like that's just awesome. Yep. And then the goals and everything is just it's just a lot of fun highlights to watch. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. There was that idiot on Twitter that posted the thing about like imagine being captain of another team and you know, rooting for another team. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you're leaving out the fact that it's his damn brother. If oh, my yeah. brother and, and I were both in the NHL and I was out of the playoffs, I'd be going to every game, getting drunk, cheering him on. Like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Why not? Yeah. I also found it funny that um, I think one of the games is either last round or this round. Matthew Kachuk got a hat trick. And his dad is in the stands, and he would not throw his hat at all. And I'm just dying laughing. And I think it was the St. Louis business that was on the hat. I don't remember specifically. Yeah. But he's just getting poked by his daughter, and it's like, no, I'm not going to throw my hat for him. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him. so fucking funny. (laughs) I'll buy him a hat later. Yeah, I thought that was great, too. And Hey, we didn't even mention this. We talked about Brady Kachuk showing up. How about Oscar mm. Sundquist showing up for the Blues last night? Oh, that was fun to see on Twitter. I did not that expect fantastic. that. fantastic. Oh, and especially to wear that Robert Thomas as a lead shirt. That yeah. has to give Rob Toms a little bit of a little bit of fire, hopefully, for Game 5. Because you got a former teammate who got traded away, but he's still cheering you on. Like, come on. Do it for do it for Sonny. Come on. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, so um, I want to ask you real quick uh, about uh, you. So for those who don't know, you're a big follower of the Springfield Thunderbirds as well. And they're mm-hmm. in the playoffs right now. Give us a quick rundown on, you know, I know a lot of people have seen Joel Hofer scored a goal as a goalie. Uh, and as you mentioned, Charlie Lindgren playing well. Uh, but uh, go ahead and tell us real quick how the playoffs going for the Thunderbirds and where are they at? Okay. Uh, so initially right now they are in the third round of the postseason. It's not the same setup as the NHL. Uh, they swept their first round against the Wilkes-Barre Scadden Penguins with a commanding just completely. So, okay. So the weird thing with this, they actually have best of fives for the first two rounds, which is very confusing if people are new to hockey and they only know about the NHL, but they took a commanding. They almost actually won. They almost lost the third game, but they actually came back with a ridiculous comeback victory to win it. And swept the Penguins. They are now against... uh, I'm trying to remember which affiliate they are now. Um, But right now they're against the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, Carolina? No. I want to say Carolina, but I I think they switched. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I'll look it up. But Keep the, going. All good. Uh, they've already played one game. Their game two is actually tomorrow. And you can watch that on either AHLTV.com, which you have to buy a subscription for. Or you can join the STL Blues uh, Discord. And we actually have a AHLTV account that we will stream in voice chat, the actual game for people. Nice. Uh, Both me and someone who was a big fan of the San Antonio Rampage before they were dissolved. Um, we help make sure that everyone can still keep up with the AHL team and all the different prospects. Uh, but the game one, they actually won six to nothing. And Hofer got a, a 35 out of 35 shutout. Hmm. Nice. You had, by the way, Tim Charlotte Costin. checkers, Charlotte yep. checkers are Florida Panthers affiliate Panthers. Okay. Yep. But you have players like Sam Annis, uh, Mackenzie McEachern, Clem Costin, all making a lot of impact on the postseason. Dakota Joshua as well, Tyler Tucker, uh, Matthew Pika. Uh, also getting a lot of points from Will Byton, who we acquired earlier this year with Minnesota in a prospect deal. Mm-hmm. But the main story is actually the pending UFA um, – player Sam Annis that we drafted I don't remember what round or year but he's having a career year like just in points in general he is having a career year and he is still showing up in the postseason so he is definitely someone to potentially watch at easily getting either a contract or a spot on the blues potentially maybe Mm -hmm. as a fourth liner and yeah, I remember there was some a battle if they choose to try and resign him. Yeah, I remember there was some some talk around him possibly being a bottom six guy when he was uh I think when he mm-hmm. participated in the the Traverse City tournament a couple of years ago. So, that's good to hear. Awesome. Yeah, he could easily do it for sure. I do think McKenzie might be on his way out, and that's mostly because he's kind of bounced back and forth way too much and he's been very inconsistent, mm-hmm. but he's, he's consistent right now. Yeah. So I won't harp on that. And Hofer is actually playing like a HOF hall of famer in terms of just standing on his head and even getting that goalie goal, which it was actually a beautiful shot. It was. And the, the radio call for it was spot on. Uh, by the radio announcer for who actually did do a little bit of um, a blues game when they were in Boston. He Ryan did, Smith, called right? The second game. I uh, believe that's his name. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was a great, great job by that too. That's fantastic. But yeah. Springfield, Springfield has been really good this entire season, even with a lot of their players being called up and down. So I highly recommend more blues fans actually pay attention to the AHL team because they're getting it done. Yeah. And AHL is no fun what, hockey to watch too. Oh, it is. It very much is. And I will say this, if the blues do unfortunately lose in the second round, I feel like Springfield actually can go all the way with the way that they've been playing and been showing up each and every game. 
I very much believe that they can actually do it. So if we don't get one championship, we can still get a second. That would be nice. Why not go yeah. after both? That's the way I see it. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so go ahead. And again, and um, I want to go ahead and give you time to, to plug. You just mentioned your, uh, I think you said it was on Discord, but uh, the the chat that you have going for the AHL. Yeah. Let's hear that again. Uh, yeah. So on the Discord for our St. Louis Blues, which is the subreddit for the St. Louis Blues, uh, we do everything from talking about gaming, media, a lot of media, actually. We have a lot of fans with media and gaming. Um, but we do a lot of stuff with the Blues. We do a lot of stuff with the Cardinals and just talking about all that stuff. Everyone is welcome to join. And yeah, if you want to follow the AHL, we talk about that as much as we can there. Me and one other person are usually the ones that keep everyone else up to date on it, just because no one else has really done it. So we just step up and do what we can for it. But tomorrow we will be streaming the actual game two for the Springfield Thunderbirds. And I believe it's before the Blues game starts. Okay. Because it's on the East Coast still, I believe. So Right. Okay. Awesome. <clears throat> so, yeah. Vanessa, I think that will uh, that will do it for this episode. Um, so before we close up shop, I want to, again, you just mentioned the Discord channel. But um, anything else? That I that uh, you would want to plug, maybe your I don't know if your Twitter handle, anything else that you want uh, to make sure people can find you at, um, anything that you do create, website, whatever you have, uh, now's the time to spill the beans um, because um, I, I I've loved having you. You've been great. You're now on a short list of people <laughs> that we will have back to be mm-hmm. um, co-hosts. So. You're on that list now, so congratulations. You're you're part of this terrible hockey community that we call Let's Go Blues Radio. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I yeah, call go, it ahead, terrible. go ahead and go ahead and plug anything you can that um, and you know any any parting words that you might have for the uh, Let's Go Blues Radio audience. All right. Uh, no matter what, I'm always going to bleed blue, even if my boyfriend wants me to root for the Canucks. I will always bleed blue. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at VRAIN91 or just pronounce it brain.com or brain91. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I'm a media producer, so I create, I can create videos, audio edits, podcasts like this. I could potentially do that, but I just love creating media and I love hockey. So awesome. There you go. That's great. And again, this is, uh, it's been fun getting your insight. Loved hearing from you and, and we're putting you on that short list and, um, we'll have to have you back, uh, maybe for a summer show or something. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your evening. I know we went kind of late tonight, so, uh, thank you very much for joining us. And, um, it's, it's definitely been a pleasure having you on. Yeah. It's been a pleasure being on. All right. And a quick, so again, quick that... side note. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, I actually had an internship, uh, writing for bleedingblue.com, a fan-sided site that covered the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. And I actually went and covered one of the prospect camps. I was very high on Torpachenko for his speed. So I called it very early when you had uh, Robbie Fabry and Colton Pareko in the same prospect tournament, or in the same prospect camp, 
leading into the Travers tournament, and I was very high on Torpachenko. So it looks like that dividend is paying off. <laughs> hey, you know, isn't it great when you look smart? <laughs> when, oh yeah, when I was when I was covering the because uh, I went and covered the was that the I guess that was the fifteen draft. Uh, I was in Philly. Mm. Um, that was when they drafted Fabry and Barbashev. And when they didn't pick Barbashev with their first pick, because they picked him with their second pick, um, mm-hmm. when they picked him, with, didn't pick him with the first, I'm like, damn, like I posted this big article about how they should draft Barbashev, <laughs> and they made a mistake not picking him. And then the next day, round two, he was their first pick, like 33rd overall. And I'm like, oh, watch, this guy's going to be better than Fabry. Now, granted, injuries played into that as well. Yeah. But... It is nice. I can look back and I'll be like, yeah, see, I knew exactly what I was talking about. Ivan Barbershop. Oh, yeah. That's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We've got uh, some very nice comments here from our Let's Go Blues Radio audience. Ken Morris, nice meeting you, Vanessa. Good night, Jeff. Glad to catch you on, Vanessa, from Matt Harris. Uh, the Meeker says, great job, Vanessa and Jeff. Mike Leon, great discussion, Jeff and Vanessa. Crappy goalie agreed, Mike Leon. And then your friend, Aaron Sandman, great show, even if it is a blue show. I'm ready for the water (laughs) bottles and trash to be thrown at me now. Yeah, wait till next season, Aaron. I'll find you and I'll throw a water bottle at you. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it, Vanessa. It's been great having you. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized uh, vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com. That is rockinthatidlife.com for more information uh, and get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, which provides drinks brewed in our fair city and is available throughout the city and county at numerous grocery stores, liquor stores, and bars. Visit centericebrewery.com to find a vendor near you. That is centericebrewery.com. That will do it for Episode 40 of Season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the show. Cheers to all of you, and cheers to our podcasting audience as well. For the on assignment, Kurt Price and Bill Day, and for my new friend, Vanessa Graff, I'm Jeff Ponder, and this was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Vanessa, can I get a let's go blues? Oh, yeah. Let's go blues. Hell yeah. Beat the avalanche. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about us? St. Louis Blues. They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're up and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.